Hey everybody, Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast. Right here on CKCC Radio, your home of the plethora of programming. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this, I actually had initially recorded this episode a few days ago, but with current events, um, you know... <laughs> I decided, you know what, I'm going to redo this and actually kind of go into a little more detail. Um, now, in the past, I've been, I was pretty critical of the Texas race. And, you know, I try not to be critical of NASCAR, but lately, um, there's been a lot of criticism um, that I've seen. And, I mean, some of it is very well deserved. Um, I'll put it that way. Now, what I what I say by that is um, there's a, a, a bit of news that we'll talk about here in a minute. But but let's 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 talk about Talladega before we go any further. Um, we had three races in two days at Talladega Super Speedway. Um, in a weekend that I thought would have been a really hectic, insane uh, place. Turns out it wasn't that bad. Uh, was, you know, everybody kind of mind their P's and Q's, especially in the Xfinity race, which set a NASCAR record. And, uh, but before we talk about the Xfinity race, I want to talk about the Truck Series races. It was the first of the two uh, major NASCAR races that weekend. Um, which would see a, a, a melee going um, to the start-finish line on the final lap, uh, causing a caution to be thrown, giving Matt DiBenedetto his first career national uh, touring series win in NASCAR. Uh, DiBenedetto, who has not won any type of NASCAR race since 2010 when he was running in what was then the K&N East series as a developmental driver. Um, this is huge. Uh, Matty D, obviously, is a fan favorite on social media and in the garage. A guy who's been known to do do a lot with a little. Um, he gave BK Racing their best uh, finish. Uh, in their tenure in NASCAR uh, with a sixth place run at Bristol. Uh, gave Levine Family Racing a runner-up finish um, and had almost won uh, the, Las, the spring Las Vegas race just uh, a short period of time before the pandemic uh, hit. So he's been known to do a lot with a little. And unfortunately, in the game of musical chairs, he lost his ride in NASCAR's top series and would uh, move to the trucks, um, which a lot of people thought was a step down, but he would move to the trucks. He would, uh, where, where he's had an, a, a quiet season, but he finally broke through getting his first win, uh, edging out Brett Holmes for the win. Uh, Holmes, who was the... 2020 Arca Series champion, uh, making uh, one of his rare Truck Series starts at Talladega. 
Uh, looked like he had it in the bag until the late caution. But good for Matty D. Uh, that was the first race of the weekend. Yes, it did have a little bit of chaos there at the end with the late race caution, but the Xfinity series, we would see Noah Gregson try to get his record-breaking fifth consecutive win uh, of the season, uh, breaking him with the record held by the late Sam Ard, and I also believe Harry Gant is tied for that record. I know they don't mention Gant's stats and that with his insane month of September back in 1991 because he was a Cup Series regular at the time. But uh, Gregson's trying to break that, but they would set another record as all 38, 39 cars that entered uh, the race on Saturday were all running by the time the checkered flag fell. Um, a first in super speedway racing, uh, something that has not been done in 393 uh, NASCAR National Touring Series events at tracks uh, two miles or larger. So that's very, very impressive, especially for the Xfinity Series. With the disparity they have in cars and teams and drivers and experience. I mean, it's very, very impressed, so I really do applaud uh, the drivers and teams in the Xfinity Series at Talladega. Ah, so, that, so that, in a nutshell, is that, oh. oh, how could I forget? I forgot to say who won that race. That race was won, winning his first Super Speedway event, A.J. Allmendinger, who we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, <coughs> when we get to the news, uh, so that, that's pretty cool for AJ. He's obviously known as a road course racer, uh, and this cements himself into the round of eight going forward um, in the Xfinity Series title picture. Um, him and Gregson have obviously were the only two that are locked into the next round um, by purpose of having wins. Um, and A.J. Allmendinger, who was the regular season champ uh, in the Xfinity Series this year, uh, is certainly making a case that he can win the whole shebang um, when we get to Phoenix. Uh, so, we move on from there, we move on to the Cup Series race. Um, this is a race that prior to the start of it, uh, there was talk of a driver strike, um, you know, all sorts of, um, all, all sorts of rumors and speculation that drivers might sit this one out. Some teams may um, not unload, some drivers may not decide to race. Um, this would have been the first major driver strike in NASCAR since 1969, where drivers, ironically at Talladega as well, um, felt that the that the speed of the brand new track in Alabama was too dangerous to race on. Um, 
mean, obviously, that that was a major issue with a lot of the legends at the time. But we also did have a young man make his NASCAR uh, Cup Series debut in that race. A young man from the Winston-Salem area who would uh, go on to be a NASCAR Hall of Famer as an owner. Um, and currently still making waves in the sport. Uh, one Richard Childress. So, if you didn't know that bit of history, now you know. Um, but, uh, as for this driver strike in 2022, it did not happen. So, all the drivers that were on the entry list and made the race for Talladega uh, did compete. And we would see a, a race. To be honest, uh, this one I circled on the schedule as a wild card race uh, for this round, this and uh, this coming week's race at the Roval. Uh, I put them both down as wild card races because you never knew what um, you would see. You know, it was kind of wide open. Uh, I also expected a. Uh, the streak to continue for the fourth consecutive, fifth consecutive race with a non-playoff um, driver making the race. I was wrong in both accounts. Um, at the end of the day, it was Chase Elliott picking up the win um, after uh, Ryan Blaney would lose his drafting partners of Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick due to some pit penalties. He just did not have the help at the front of the field that he needed to break through and get his first win of the season. But Elliott would pick up, I believe it's now his fourth or fifth win of 2022. Uh, so the Dawsonville pool room was pretty happy. I'm sure they set off the alarm as they typically do whenever Chase wins. Now, um, we did see... We didn't see very many wrecks. Um, the race, for the most part, was rather clean, uh, which is very refreshing after last week's debacle at Texas. Which, out of all the wrecks and all the carnage there, we would see Alex Bowman involved in one of those uh, wrecks uh, be forced to sit out both Talladega and the upcoming race at the Charlotte Roval due to concussion-like symptoms. Not the first time that this has happened this year. And, um, no, he would be replaced in the 48 car with Noah Gregson, uh, who we were just talking about with the Xfinity Series, uh, with his seven wins there, and the odds-on favorite for that Xfinity Series title. Uh, Gregson would step into the 48 car, and, uh, which would kind of, kind of shuffle the, um, the, the entry list up a little bit because Gregson initially was scheduled to run the 62 car for Beard Motorsports. Um, but as soon as Bowman was announced uh, out and Gregson would be replacing him, uh, Beard Motorsports and Chevy put together a deal to put um, Justin Allgaier in the car uh, with his experience um, in at Talladega and uh, 
his wealth of talent and knowledge he has uh, to help bring that Beard Motorsports car its best possible finish on such a short notice. Uh, so props, props to them because they, they, both of those drivers were in an inevitable situation being uh, thrust into a different car, different plan for the weekend than what they initially had. Um, props to Chase Elliott, you know, I, I think I was a little upset that he won at first, but, you know, it's not like he did anything wrong, he just happened to be right place, right time in the field, um, but, um, what the major talking points this week, especially today, are, are some of the announcements that have come out over the last, uh, couple of weeks. Uh, first being um, the the unsurprising announcement that College Racing has announced AJ Allmendinger to go full time in the number 16 car uh, for College Motorsports in the Cup Series. Uh, Allmendinger, which is part of the rotating uh, crew of drivers for that car, the Trophy Hunter car, as team owner Matt Collin calls it. Uh, Almondinger will be returning to the Cup Series uh, in that car that he has shared this year with Gregson and um, the 2020 Xfinity Series champion and teammate in, with Almondinger on the Xfinity side, Daniel Hemrick. Uh, this is a good thing, obviously. Uh, Almondinger has two career Cup Series wins. Uh, he's finally moving back to the Cup Series full-time uh, after losing his ride with JTG Doherty Racing a few years back. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a good thing. And replacing him in that ride will be Chandler Smith. Now, Chandler is in the title chase in the in the truck series, uh, driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports, and this is a big coup because this is another Toyota development driver that Toyota's brought up through their ranks that they're losing to another manufacturer and another team. Uh, obviously, this is all still part of the fallout with uh, Kyle Busch moving over from uh, the the uh, the Toyota ranks to join. Richard Childress Racing. Now, I think that this is a big coup for um, for Colleg Racing and Chevrolet, uh, going and picking one of the top prospects um, <coughs> out of the Toyota stable and being able to sign him. Um, because as we know, obviously, without KBM Motorsports, uh, Toyota's pipeline looked a little disjointed. Uh, so, with Chandler Smith there, moving over, it, it just takes another prospect out. But, then the announcement came out, and, th and these ones came back to back. Uh, first, we'll, we'll talk about the Haley Deegan announcement, as Haley Deegan will be uh, competing in two weeks at Las Vegas. Uh, in the uh, uh, three weeks in Las Vegas uh, for the uh, 
SS Greenlight Xfinity Series team. He'll be driving the 07 car. Uh, she'll be driving the 07 car, uh, making her Xfinity Series debut in roughly what is her hometown. Uh, Deegan is the winningest female on the what used to be the uh, K&N West Series. Uh, she's got two wins there, one of them being the Bullring at Las Vegas, the dirt track just outside Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Um, so I think that this is uh, not a bad move to get her feet wet. She'll be, uh, like I said, driving the 07 car, which won earlier this season uh, for their first ever win with Cole Custer behind the wheel. Um, there's speculation that that is where Deegan will end up as the team that she is currently driving for, um, David Gilland Motorsports, David Gilland Racing, uh, that they will be moving to, um, to Toyota, back to Toyota. Uh, the team initially started off as a Toyota team before, um, becoming a Ford development, uh, truck series team that they will be moving to Toyota. Uh, with support from TRD um, and resources, that they will be moving back to Toyota to fill the slot that was previously held by um, uh, KBM in, in that development role. So um, they'll be doing that. They're, they will still continue to have uh, Tanner Gray... Uh, in the lineup, uh, both the Gray brothers actually, in the lineup, they already currently are running in the ARCA series as a developmental team. Uh, so, I mean, this makes a lot of sense for Toyota trying to keep them. Um, Corey Heim is believed to be going over there as he's another hot uh, Toyota prospect. Uh, so, where that leaves drivers like Haley Deegan, who are signed to Ford, uh, it leaves them moving either over to another Ford team, uh, which currently would be uh, Front Row Motorsports, or another uh, team in either the Chevy or the T Toyota camp, um, uh, switching alliances and manufacturers, um, possibly... Uh, the Helmar team, the Stuart Friesen uh, 52 truck, possibly moving to Ford next year. Um, as they had an alliance with um, KBM. Kind of like a little bit of a satellite team in the trucks. Or they could continue on with Toyota. But that's kind of what I expect. If not, we will be seeing Deegan move up to either SS Greenlight in the... Uh, in the Xfinity series or possibly a second um, Stuart Haas racing as she's kind of Ford's kind of put her in that pipeline and kind of go to a, a Stuart Haas type deal um, and she's already got um, kind of support there in the past and there's already been rumors of her taking over one of those spots eventually in the Cup Series in a few years. Um, but, uh, so we have all that. Um, and props to Deegan, before I really get off track. Uh, props to Deegan uh, with her sixth place finish at Talladega. Uh, she is the highest finishing female 
ever in the history of the truck series race for any race. Um, and and the, the truck series certainly has had a, um, a number of females come through the ranks from Tammy Jo Kirk uh, to uh, Kelly Sutton to Deborah Redshaw, Aaron Crocker, uh, all three of the Decker uh, females, Natalie, Claire, and Paige. Uh, obviously, Natalie is the one that's still racing the most. Uh, the Cope twins, I believe. But anyway, she has definitely been the highest ranking, the highest finishing one, and is on pace to finish within the top 20 in truck series points. Uh, so, I mean, that that's... It, it, you know, I know the bar was set very high when she came in, um, but I think that this is uh, about what I expected. Um, you know, so this is a, a positive, a, a positive move. I mean, I did not expect her to jump right into a a top tier competitive um, ride in either the trucks nor the uh, Xfinity series. So. Uh, we have all that. Um, moving on, we also have the announcement that um, this weekend we will have three IndyCar drivers um, spread throughout the weekend at the Roval. Um, on the Cup side, we will see Connor Daly make his Cup Series debut uh, for TMT Motorsports. Uh, if you don't remember, because it seems like forever ago... TMT Motorsports made their long-awaited debut at the Daytona 500 with Kaz Grella driving. This is the team that is owned uh, by Floyd Mayweather and his associates. Uh, Daly will be making his cup debut uh, and will be running the number 50 Bit, Bit Nile Chevrolet. Um, and with uh, 39 cars locked into a 40-car field, uh, obviously, Daly will be competing on Sunday. On the Xfinity Series side, we are going to have <coughs> Sage Karam, uh, another another IndyCar veteran, um, making his return. Uh, he will be driving the O the O2 car for um, Chris R in R Motorsports, uh, the car that for most of the season was driven by Brett Moffitt. And, um, now, Karam, you know, his, his limited schedule really is kind of bounced around to a couple of rides from Sam Hunt Racing to, um, to our motorsports. But, you know, I guess the, the most we've really talked about him uh, was his tit-for-tat with uh, Noah Gregson at uh, Road America um, that took out a major chunk of the field. So, we have that as well. And finally, Marco Andretti will be making his NASCAR debut. Marco Andretti, the, um, the son of Andretti Autosport owner Michael Andretti, and grandson of a man who needs no introduction, Mario Andretti, uh, fresh off his 2022 
uh, SRX Series Championship makes his debut for uh, Big Machine Racing, um, the Scott Porchetta owned team, the record executive um, vodka distiller, uh, and former racer. A lot of people forget that about Scott Borchetta. He, he used to race in the in NASCAR's uh, regional series back in the day, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, before forming his record label. Uh, so, um, Marco will be competing there in the 48 car, uh, sponsored by Big Machine Spiked Coolers. Another team that picked up their... Uh, their first win earlier this year, this time with Tyler Reddick behind the wheel. Uh, so, you know, <clears throat> I don't think there's a, a ton of pressure on Marco. I think he's doing this for fun. And this has been, I think there's been a long talks with Marco about coming to the Xfinity series. Um, you know, for a while, I know Dale Jr. had left the door open if he was ever interested uh, at Junior Motorsports. So, you never know what Marco may decide to do. Uh, and I think this is going to be a fun race. I, th I think I'm going to pay... I honestly, you know, with everything on the line for the on the cup side, I think the I'm more interested in the Xfinity Series race, seeing some of these guys uh, race. Especially in, in terms of Marco. Um, in all fairness, I never really was a Marco fan during his IndyCar years. Um, but I was just highly impressed what he was able to do in the inaugural season of the Indy, uh, the SRX series, uh, winning at Slinger Speedway last year, and just how he ran this year, uh, moving from those open-wheeled Indy cars to a, a stock-type car uh, on these short tracks. I think he I think he transitioned over extremely well, much better than I ever expected. And, uh, so I, I was kind of, I was very happy for that. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in a, uh, full body stock car on a road course. Okay. So with all that good stuff that I've said so far, now is time for me to get up on my soapbox. And this news came out yesterday when they announced penalties, um, So this is uh, kind of a uh, kind of a sore subject. Now, NASCAR announced their penalties on Wednesday, uh, and the one penalty coming out of Talladega uh, was to Kevin Harvick and the four team uh, in the form of a hundred driver points, a hundred owner points, and a hundred thousand dollar fine uh to rodney childers along with a four race suspension now <coughs> the penalty is for uh unapproved adjustment uh unapproved part uh single manufacturer part uh on the cars having to do with the body and the um the body and um, the part itself. 
Now, NASCAR dropped this penalty yesterday. That's all they would say is that it was an unapproved part, an unapproved body. Um, and it um, was an L2 penalty. Now, what that means, that that is very vague. Um, and it's 100, like I said, 100 points and all. And this is after um, a lot of criticism from Harvick and a lot of the other drivers, Harvick and Denny Hamlin mainly, uh, have been very critical of this new car, along with, um, <coughs> you know, people like Joey Logano, uh, you know, that these cars are very unforgiving. We don't know what the part is, you know, I may have to eat a little bit of crow on this later, uh, but it seems like Harvick was probably one of the most critical drivers then magically gets hit with this $100,000 uh, fine to his crew chief, you know, the 100 points uh, for both driver and team. Uh, it, you know, something stinks here. I mean, it's not like Kevin went out and dominated a race. It's not like some of the questionable stuff we had seen. And to be honest, I've been critical of this car um, I know a lot of people have been critical. Uh, while the racing is great, uh, the safety aspect is not there. If this is uh, something that the team took on to make this car safer, um, NASCAR, in my eyes, has lost all credibility uh, when it comes to this car and um, their safety aspect. Um, we've seen two drivers that have missed multiple races out with concussions. We've seen um, Ky uh, Kurt Busch, who has been on the shelf since Pocono in July um, with concussion-like symptoms, and it appears he will not be back for the 2022 season. Um, <coughs> Alex Bowman, who is out an undetermined amount of time, he might be back before Phoenix. He might not. Uh, but I think that this is a major issue. Um, drivers that were already speaking up of this way before now. Um, we have Cody Ware who broke bones in his leg when his car wrecked. These cars are built way too rigid, uh, especially in the back end. Um, for wrecks that, to be honest, don't look that hard. But uh, drivers have said that they that it's like, throwing a brick at a concrete wall uh, it's not going to give um, and unfortunately it's the driver in the car that's paying the price um, like I said if the, I don't think that this is it doesn't appear that this was a performance issue it's just the fact that NASCAR has been so vague um, when they have a history of being vague when it comes to some of these penalties I'm sure in the next couple of days, it'll come out uh, through, like, Bob Podcrass or um, one of the other <coughs> beat reporters in the garage on um, what the actual penalty is and whether the um, Stuart Haas 4 team plans to appeal the penalties. But I think that this is a little harsh, especially after some of the penalties we saw handed down from Texas uh, with William Byron uh, spitting Denny Hamlin under caution. Uh, a move that would have um, 
with previous racers would have seen a driver parked. Um, or Ty Gibbs, um, you know, almost taking out uh, Ty Dillon on pit road. Which for sure would have got a driver parked. I think, you know, those penalties, what, 25 for Byron and 50 for uh, Gibbs. I think it just, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you hit, you're saying that, you know, almost taking out a driver under caution where they could have hit another car or hit another crew member or whatever. Um, is less egregious than a part, uh, especially if it's a part that doesn't matter or has made the car safer. You're just um, amping the case of why people are up in arms all over social media. I mean, I had a long discussion with somebody yesterday um, on the credibility of this. Uh, this car is not ready. There's still way too many bugs to be worked out. Um, and NASCAR is turning a deaf ear to the drivers, uh, to, to everybody. Um, they had an extra year to figure this car out. Cause it's, uh, if you all remember correctly, this car was announced, uh, prior to the 2022 season, uh, prior to the 2020 season was supposed to roll out last year. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic and the parts shortage, uh, it got pushed back to the 20, <coughs> beginning of the 2022 season at, here at Daytona. And with the extra year, I mean, they had data from crash test dummies in these wrecks with these cars um, showing the damage. And they they still not done. I don't know whether this is going to have to be an issue where they have to go through and change um, parts and pieces on the front end or um, the rear end, change the clips, change the way the the um, the underbody of the car is constructed or doing something. This is absolutely abysmal, um, more abysmal than what we saw at Texas. Uh, Texas, I think, is just a Texas issue, but this car itself has been a season-wide issue in the series. Uh, it's already cost uh, two drivers uh, plenty of races this year um, with these head injuries. I mean, we saw NASCAR's most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr., have to retire due to concussion-type injuries. And this was supposed to <coughs> make the cars quote-unquote safer and they're driving more interesting. So, you know, I'm a little pissed. I am a little pissed. Um, and I think everybody has a right to. Now, you know, you could think that this is, you know, some people may say that I'm pissed off with the penalty and this is because of the penalty. No, I think the penalty is just on top because, uh, you know, whatever the part is, you know, I'm not condoning if it was a performance issue that, you know, that that is too harsh or anything. I'm just saying that this is part of a larger problem because NASCAR has put themselves in this fucking box and really have, um, you know, stepped on their own dicks when it comes to this car, uh, because you're putting your drivers at risk. I mean, prior to 
making the Hans device and the roll cage and everything else separately um, during the 20 years ago, 20 something years ago, we lost four drivers, four drivers uh, before we had the Hans device and all the safety apparatuses that we would see uh, built into these cars going from the, you know, the Gen 4 car onto the car tomorrow. Um, making these cars all safer, we lost Kenny Irwin, Adam Petty, uh, Tony Roper, Dale Earnhardt Sr., and finally, Blaze Alexander. Um, five good drivers, four in NASCAR, one in ARCA, before this shit was mandatory and made these cars safer than what they were. I mean, hell, if it wasn't for what, they, what, uh, what Ryan Newman would call the Newman Bar... We could have lost Ryan Newman at Daytona a few years ago. Uh, it, it, this is safety is not something to be screwed with, and you know you can have that uh, that whole uh, idea of um, better racing. You can have better racing. I'm not asking for the car tomorrow to come back. Although at this point, if it meant the drivers being safer. You know, you could do the car tomorrow, get rid of that god-awful wing and the god-awful nose on that car, and I think that could also, you know, be better than what we've got. I mean, the racing's great, don't get me wrong. I think that this has been the most competitive, um, even the series has ever been, um, and I'm enjoying the racing. It's just all the bullshit that comes around it. And when it comes to driver safety, that is not something you screw with. And here we are, Alex Bowman, a playoff driver, won't be able to advance because he's at home suffering from a concussion. Kurt Busch, uh, who wanted to run this new car because it, it presented a challenge. A guy who's been around, raced with the Tony Ropers uh, and the um, Dale Earnhardt. And I believe he actually raced against, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, raced against uh, Blaze Alexander. Three of those five drivers that I had named, uh, he wanted to race this new car. And he's been sitting at home since fucking the summer. And here we are in October uh, with these issues. This car needs to be fixed. It needs to be fixed right. If not... NASCAR's got a lot of soul-searching, a lot of stuff to really look at now. Um, because I can tell you right now, when you have a driver like Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott, uh, coming forward and saying that they need to fix this car, that there's serious issues, then it needs to be done. If not, you're going to lose fans, you're going to lose support, you're going to lose everything. Everything that the France family... Bill France Sr., Bill France Jr., and God forbid I even say Ryan France, everything that they have worked for has just gone down to shit. Um, we're, seeing, we're seeing leaps and bounds in the world of IndyCar and the NHRA and even Formula One in terms of safety. But NASCAR, you know, it seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot with this next-gen car. Something needs to be done. I, I don't know 
where the answer lies, but there needs to be an answer and an answer quick before um, we lose a driver. Oh. Sorry, I went on a long rant there. Uh, I was initially talking about Kevin Harvick, but it led into a bigger discussion on safety. Um, I apologize for that. Actually, I don't apologize for that because, well, it, it needs to be said. And it needs to be said point blank. And I know a lot of people have said that on podcasts, a lot of uh, podcasters, a lot of, you know, commentators on YouTube, um, the garage, you know, fans, uh Drivers, crew, everybody has said this except NASCAR. And, you know, we as fans, as drivers, as people who pay to keep the NASCAR machine going, we need to speak up before, you know, before we lose somebody. You know, before we lose a driver. You know, because what would happen if you uh, watch, the, watch a race at, I don't know, Homestead? Or Phoenix, and and we lose a driver. We lose a um, Cody Ware or an Alex Bowman, or you know, God forbid, we lose <coughs> anybody in the Cup Series. You know, that'll be all over the news, all over everything, and seriously um, cast a, a major shadow over stock car racing and I know racing is inherently a, a, a dangerous sport where you pretty much take your life in your hands every time you strap on a helmet but it shouldn't be that way I mean you shouldn't put any more inherent danger on the driver or the team or anything else uh, so uh, that's just my two cents um you, you know, if you agree, if you disagree, uh, feel free to reach out to me um, through, uh, you know, social media or whatever, um, and we can discuss it, you know. I'm open to discussing this. Like I said, I had a discussion yesterday um, about this, a, a really rational, um, thought-out discussion about this, and... I'm willing to have that with anybody. So, <clears throat> with that said, uh, we got the Roval this weekend. So, uh, hopefully we won't see any of these issues. We probably, we might, we might not. I mean, it's the Roval. It's insane. Um, a lot of passing, a lot of beating and banging. We all know how road courses go. So, um, with that said, we'll look out for the road course, the Roval. I'm highly excited for the Xfinity race uh, there. And after that, we'll be moving on to the round of eight. Uh, well, we'll talk about the eight drivers that will be competing for the 2022 Cup Series title. Until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at the track. Bye.